Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. But I'm a sucker for when like a guy shows up halfway through a fight to help the heroine and like be her backup. I am more turned on by a couple being back to back fists up than I am by seeing a couple in missionary. Hello, everyone. Welcome or welcome back to Talking Ship Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Megan Fitzgerald. On this show, we look at TV's most famous couples and talk about why we ship them together and why they work, or why we don't ship them together and how they fuck it up, or, and or, how they have fucked up our expectations of real-life romance. And when it's possible, we tie these fictional characters to themes and thoughts and real life experiences in our non-fictional world of dating and relationships and discuss, you know, what we can learn from them, if anything. Because sometimes it's just easier to identify with TV characters than it is to examine our own lives. Oops, <laughs> true. Sorry. <laughs> Too true. This episode is a big one because we're talking about one of the most famous TV couples of all time and one half of what I think is one of the biggest and most divisive love triangles of all time. We're talking Buffy and Angel from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I just want to say right off the top, because I know people have strong opinions about (laughs) this show and this couple, that if you are Team Spike, do not worry. Your time will come. We are not choosing sides just yet. Um, The plan is we're going to do a Buffy Angel episode. Then maybe in, in, in a bit, we'll come back. We'll do a Buffy Spike episode. And then, you know, maybe I'll get a bunch of opinionated people together and we'll really have it out and have, <laughs> you know, one of the biggest pop culture debates of all time if you're Spike or Angel. But or Riley. Come on, come on, give Riley some justice. <laughs> give some justice. My friend the other day was like, if you ever meet someone who's Team Riley, they're psychotic. <laughs> yeah, so. Oh, right. man. Um, but today, you know, it's about everyone's favorite older man, mm-hmm. um, everyone's favorite Tai Chi practitioner, mm. and um, arguably the one that made those little rings with the hearts on them famous. People were given that shit all, all the time in high school. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. People ate that up. The origin. Yeah. Well, you're hearing her voice, but let's let's bring her in. Um, I'm here to introduce my co-host for this episode. Um, she is an actor. She's a badass like Buffy, but also uh, us. Yeah, no, but don't worry. You're also a huge nerd, and which is why you are perfect to talk about this episode. Welcome to the show, Anna Smith. Hello. Well, hello, Megan. Megan, <laughs> Megan, Megan. I'm so excited to be here. Um, <laughs> Thanks so for having excited. me on. Yeah, I'm so excited to do this with you. And so just so the people know kind of like what perspective you're bringing to it yeah. uh, to this conversation will you give us like a just like a brief overview of your your love life um, and yeah the takes you'll be bringing yeah and I was thinking like even today I, I was thinking to myself you know what is my love life right now and it's definitely if I could just sum it up it's definitely um a sad comedy right now <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I date all kinds of people. Um, I don't really identify with any kind of label. Um, but if I were to say, you know, what I would identify as, you know, I would put it under like the queer umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've dated women. I've dated men. I've just, I've always just dated people. I have, I've, I've kind of gone through it all. You know, I've fallen in love. I've, um, I've 
hurt people. So we're bringing, you know, I, in, especially in like the Buffyverse, I, I'll oh. say that I've had my fair share of Angel. I've had my fair mm-hmm. share of Spike. And I've also, also kind of had Riley. And I've definitely had my Tara Willow. I know that we're not mm. talking about that today, but yes. I've definitely we'll had that. Though. I've definitely yeah. had that. So kind of gone through it all. Um, I love it. We love to see it. We love to see it. We hate to feel it, but I love to have you on the podcast yep, too. Yep, I'm happy work to be out here. That trauma We're working it everyone. out together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so before we like really dive into the Buffy and Angel discussion, I think we should just briefly talk about the show generally and our relationship to it, mm-hmm. just so people know. Let's yeah. uh, you know, let's get into just the show itself for a while. When did you when did you find it? When or when did it find you, Anna? So when did it find me? When did it find me? Last year during quarantine, funny enough. Yeah. And yeah, and I I mean, I've been obsessed with Sarah Michelle Geller uh ever since I saw her in uh Scooby Doo. Uh if you've seen Scooby Doo, of course, right? Like our throb, our Daphne. That's what I grew up with uh, as a kid with Scooby-Doo. And so I was very, very excited to start. And like for me, it was such a gift. Like it was something that I didn't, it was a show I didn't realize how much I needed. And even in kind of like the worst times of the pandemic, it was there for me, um, which is cheesy, but it was just something that I always looked forward to watching anytime. Like I would, I would do... I love watching TV. And so I would do these days where I would just watch TV all day and it would just be a Buffy fun all day. Mm -hmm. Um, And I like got my brother involved when I was with family visiting. And so it was just something that was very um, special to me and comfortable. And especially in December and January of this year, I was going through a really hard time just like in general. It was just perfect timing for me watching season five and season six. Um, And so I'm like really, really thankful for the show. And I'm really obsessed with it. And yeah, it was the show I just didn't realize I needed. It was a freaking gift. It's that's so interesting. I actually don't know that I realized that y- your first time watching it was in quarantine. So yeah. neither of us are gonna have like the nostalgic <clears throat> take on mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. which is maybe maybe probably maybe better for like a relationship conversation. So yeah, I, honestly, when I started watching it, it was very like I very much had no idea what was going on. Yeah, um, so like, you had already like been through some of the experiences. Oh yeah. Versus like watching this show for the first time like in middle school, where I know like a lot of yes. our age, age group and people slightly older mm-hmm. than us did. You haven't had an angel Mm-mm. or a spike, so you kind of Mm-mm. are able to glamorize it a bit more. I think mm-hmm. it's Buffy was is actually like a huge gap in my television knowledge, yeah, and that's so. one that I always felt kind of like so when you and ashamed for. So when you were in middle school or high school, was that just a show that was never brought to your attention? I knew about it because I was such a television nerd that mm-hmm. I was like on the alias like forums and the lost forums. And that mm-hmm. had like a lot of overlap of fandom. Um, but I think because like I had alias, like I had Sydney Bristow. So I had my like sassy, strong kickboxing, like badass role model with Forbidden Lovers. So I didn't. I don't know. I feel like everyone in that kind of time of their life has like the TV icon that like shaped them. And mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people, it was Buffy. For me, it was Sydney Bristow. But everyone <laughs> um, whose pop culture opinion I love and respect, everyone from like Emily Nussbaum, who's a TV critic, to John Green, to Ira yeah. Madison Third, like everyone I love loves Buffy. So I always knew that it would happen one day. You, knew, you know, you know, it's like, a, yeah, I mean, it, it is 
such a brilliant show and mm-hmm. so revolutionary and so ahead of its time. This is my way of saying, like, we're not going to be able to say everything there is to say about this show on this episode. And and there is a million ways <laughs> you can take your Buffy deep dive. And so I love that Emily Ness Palm Beast and, you know, go take a college class on it. But right. my kind of experience of watching this show now and I did a very like I'm not finished I've done like a very I did a very Buffy Angel focused watch of the first three season plus a few episodes later and I'll finish everything when we come back to talk about Spike and have the love triangle conversation but what it did for me is kind of remind me of the power of television and the power Mm -hmm. of storytelling even Mm -hmm. extreme like otherworldly storytelling to draw effective parallels to our real life And obviously, so much of this show is intentional allegory about the quote-unquote evil in our non-fictional lives and, you know, seeing addiction and abuse and lust and guilt and jealousy and obsession and greed, but both in the, like, overarching themes of, like, the Buffy-Angel relationships and even in the more, like, bottle episodes with demons, etc. It got me kind of emotional about the power of TV because, like, I don't, I've only been with these characters for, like, a couple weeks and I was, like, desperately sobbing during the I will remember you episode from <laughs> of course like, you were out of control I was like what's <laughs> happening to me and and you know and then I'm there thinking about like all the people I've wanted to be with and if only one big thing was different I could be with them and people who mm-hmm. pulled away because we knew we could never be together and all that to say I think that like it's amazing that this like campy genre bending show about vampires made me examine my interpersonal relationship and like general patterns of human behavior. So it's really proving my thesis <laughs> of this podcast that TV can do that, that TV it can really, really can. make us think about our real lives in the nonfictional world, even if they're doing it through like bad 1990s fashion and um, yeah. terrible <clears throat> werewolf costumes. Oh, we love them. We love them. Um, so, like many of the shows we discuss on the show, and many of the television shows we love the most, the Buffy universe is not our universe, so it may seem like it might be impossible to relate to teenage vampire romance. However, um, we're all still 25 years later very opinionated about teenage vampire romance, so I'm going to go ahead and say that I might hit on something very real. And also there's like a lot of very intentional metaphors designed to relate to our non-fictional lives. So we're going to go into relatable content. Relatable content. Is that good? Oh, yes. That was great. Yeah. Thank you, Grace University. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Musical Peter School, for everything yeah. you've done for me. So <clears throat> you may relate to the mm-hmm. Buffy-Angel relationship if... There's someone in your life that you can never be just friends with. It's either all-out passion or it's nothing. Oof. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you may relate to the Buffy-Angel relationship if you're the strong one for everyone else, mm. and there's one person that is strong enough to be your partner, and that's mm-hmm. very attractive to you. Mm-hmm. You may relate to the Buffy-Angel relationship if you're dating someone who has two sides to them. There's the caring, supportive version you're in love with, and this other side that jeopardizes the relationship. Yeah. And I think, like, we'll talk about this later, but obviously I think the big angel parallel is supposed to be addiction. But I think this can be addiction. I think this can be anger issues. I think like, it can be a lot. I think it can be a lot of things. If you're dating mm-hmm. someone that you're like, well, when they're this version of them, they're great and I mm-hmm. love them. And that's a the li- one thing that makes you keep going back to them. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you don't think about the cons. <laughs> um, you may relate to the Buffy Angel relationship if you know you have absolutely no future with this person, but the present feels so good that you let yourself ignore the consequences, basically what we were just saying. Mm-hmm. And then to piggyback off of that, um, you may relate to the Buffy Angel relationship if you both already know that your relationship is forbidden. Uh, for lack of better words, which only makes you want it more and puts that relationship at the forefront because of that. Basically, the whole you want what you can't have scenario. And and I think they are kind of like the ultimate example of this on TV. Because oh, yeah. the forbidden, I can't have it. Like, obviously, that's such a trope mm-hmm. of many, many television romances that keep the people invested for seasons and seasons. Yeah. And But, I mean... With Buffy and Angel, it is literally written into their character descriptions that he is a vampire and she's a vampire slayer. So yeah. I think that they are the truest <laughs> yeah. and purest form of you want what you can't have. <laughs> and even like, I mean, even in, I don't even, episode one or episode two, it's literally, he's literally like, this isn't right. I can't have you. Yeah. And then she's like, I know. Yeah. And then they like make out, you know, then, you know, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like, the, it's, it is already destined in like the first few episodes of season one that right. that's just, they can't have each other. Yeah. And they acknowledge it early on and then, mm-hmm, which absolutely sets it up, it. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah. sets up this Romeo Juliet romantic tragedy mm-hmm. aspect. Yes. Yeah. That's a great, it is a romantic tragedy. Um, so before we get into what we're going to focus on today is that is the theme of like wanting somebody where, you know, it will never end well, but you want them anyways. Um, but before we kind of go into that specific dynamic and how it relates to our non-fictional lives and non-fictional dating and romance, I think that like this couple is so big, I think we should just like generally speak about the relationship in a big picture way for a few mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah, that's a good idea. And talk about like what we have, what we appreciate about appreciate about the relationship and what we have difficulty with. Because there are things, like, there are things that I stand in the Buffy Angel <laughs> relationship as, oh, like, yeah. as much as I probably, I don't know, quote, unquote, shouldn't. But you, you, you can't, can't not love them. You really stand can't. stand the chemistry. Like, you, mm-hmm. in, their chemistry is insane. And yeah. it's the kind of chemistry I love the most, which is the, like, I'm being my badass, my best badass self. And when I'm <laughs> yeah. being my best badass self, you're the person who is best by my side kind of chemistry right like he doesn't actually make her worse like when they're a team they're a great team and i'm i am a sucker for and this is like a trope but i'm a sucker for when like a guy shows up halfway through a fight to help the heroine and like be her backup i am more turned on by a couple being back to back fists up than i am by seeing a couple in missionary like i it's just (laughs) it's so sexy to me what's sexy about seeing missionary in a tv show very little but I, I think I have to figure out where this comes from and if it's like internalized misogyny or not. But the other thing that I love about their relationship, and I think this might be come back to like the strong woman thing and how being like the strong person for other people in your life can be exhausting. Um, but I love that he's super protective of her and like concerned about her safety and freaks out when she's in danger. But still, he gives her agency and knows how powerful she mm-hmm. is yeah he just wants to help her she's not he's never like oh i wish you didn't have this job or i wish you didn't have these powers i want to take this away from you he's always just like concerned for her but gonna be by her side i don't i think sometimes the protectiveness can like go too far but i for him it never i don't know it never feels like to me like he 
is protective in the like abusey kind of overly masculine problematic way it's it's just enough for me yeah he lets her i mean he really lets her do her thing i mean i think a perfect example of that is even in season seven um when i think it's it's right at the end it's in the finale um when he comes back so he's just standing back watching her uh you know beat a beat up a bunch of people and he's just like yeah yeah that's my girl and he's just like standing (laughs) arms crossed you know just being like yeah Mm-hmm. Fuck it up, Buffy. Yeah, um, we want someone. Strong people need someone that's gonna be like, "Go fuck it up," and I'll be here if you need me. Yeah. But like, you fucking got it. Yeah. Yeah. But so. I think it's that I I want somebody who I know that if I needed them could could be by my side. Absolutely. And do that with me. Yeah. But absolutely. Knows that I can do it alone. Yes. So, for me, I think their relationship is it's special from the first encounter that we see of them in episode one. I mean, they already can't help falling for each other, um, mm-hmm. even when they know that they can't be together. It's full of passion uh, and young love. Uh, Buffy, she was in high school, and this was truly her first love and her first heartbreak, but we'll get into mm-hmm. that later. Um, and I think something that's really special about it is that their relationship kind of shows that youthful intensity that I'm sure we've all experienced at some point in our lives. And yeah, every time he comes back to her in later seasons, it's just like they pick up right where they left off. And mm-hmm. I don't know, we just see such a Romeo and Juliet romantic tragedy. I mean, she literally kills him. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, <laughs> but like, that's what we're a sucker for watching. Like, we... Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we love watching our our lovers go through intense challenges and pain um, and turmoil because we all know that they can never be together, but it's like we want them so desperately to be together. And it's like you get there and, and that's what's so brilliant about the writing is that you get there. You're almost there. Mm-hmm. You're almost there. And then it doesn't work. Right. Again right. and again and again. And that's why we keep watching. I think like what you were saying about we see them come together again and again and again over the seasons over like the later seasons of Buffy and of Angel Mm -hmm. and we get these moments of hope and one of the things I love that we see in these moments even when they haven't seen each other in a very long time are these moments of like direct clarity and -hmm. it's like suddenly when this person is around things make more sense like just hearing things more clearly it clicks they can then there are certain people that you just have that chemistry with like she has giles and she has willow and she has other people to bounce ideas off of but there's something when it's coming from this person i hear it it hits different like it hits harder it makes more sense that's the advice that i needed that is the encouragement that i needed that is the clarity that i needed and I think you are the only one that could have given that to me. And I think that that's what's so intoxicating about seeing them come back together year after year is that you're like, oh, look, like mm-hmm. how much easier would it be? Like when he comes back after her mom dies. Yeah, I was actually just like, about to bring that up. Oh, okay, go go ahead. Talk about well, it. Well, because it's like in it was in season five. It was called The Body. Sorry, spoiler alert. Um, Buffy's mom dies of a brain aneurysm, which is something that is very sad but also incredibly special because it has nothing to do with vampires any of that Mm -hmm. mythical bullshit it has nothing Mm -hmm. to do with it and there's nothing she could do to stop it but that's beside anyway so that all this happens she's really really distraught and she goes into the graveyard at night right yeah yeah and she sees him she sees angel by a tree 
um, and I think she says something along, or I think he says something along the lines of like, I should have been here sooner or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like as a viewer, my heart, it just, it like went up and down, it like dropped and then it came back up and they just like held each other like the whole, until, until the sun came up. What she, how she ends that scene or like one of the last moments of that scene is he goes, I'll stay as long as you need me to. And she goes, That's how about forever? It. Does forever work for you? <laughs> And I just think, even though they know that they can't, like, she knows and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm being needy. And he like, but, but I think that because when they are together and they have these very clear, very connected moments, things like it, it was like in all the chaos of her life, he comes back and suddenly just for a moment, things make sense. And so I understand how, how quickly she gets to like, can you just stay forever? Even though like. Even though they she knows know. that if they were together, yeah. it wouldn't be like that it at all. It wouldn't be what they want it to be. Exactly. But we all have those people where we're like, yeah. I know logically that it would never really sustain this, like these beautiful moments that we have because of the circumstances of our, the world that we live in. But we convince ourselves that like, mm-hmm. if only one thing was different, some, it could be this good forever. You know what they say about distance it only makes the heart grow fonder. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about Buffy and Angel. They he's literally in LA. Um, it's actually not that big of a long distance commute. I think there's other um, factors <laughs> there that are keeping them apart. Um, but let, before we go into For that sure. big theme, let's talk about what we what we don't like. What we're what we're concerned mm. about. And for me, it's like I actually really don't like the like she's explaining it to Willow at one point. And even what Spike says about, like, you two will never be friends. You'll, like, fight and you'll shag the and you'll, like, love the... each other until one of them dies you. Yeah, yes. love is, like... The blood in your brain. Said. I gotta pull up that quote. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> the blood in your brain and love. Right. You're, you're not friends. You'll fight and you'll shag and you'll hate each other till it makes you quiver, but you'll never be friends. I'm such a good Spike. Love isn't you're brains, children. Spike. It's blood. Blood screaming inside you to work its will. Yes. Anyway. So he says this, and I actually don't really love that romanticizing. Well, what do you, like, I don't really love that idea what Spike of, like, saying. No, not not just Spike saying that, but just this concept of like. And she said she says something to Willow about like, I don't know, I don't know if I would recognize love if it wasn't like <laughs> fighting and drama and all of these yeah, things. Yeah. And like, I I don't really like that. Obviously, non-fictionally, I don't like that. I think that's unhealthy. But even fictionally, I'm kind of like I feel like the best relationships are built on friendship and foundation they they didn't i mean honestly like buffy and angel they didn't really have anything in common with each other no like did they even like know their middle names like <laughs> he knows she loves ice skating and like yeah, that might yeah. Be it. <laughs> i think that's it and that she likes that she's a vampire slayer i mean true i mean true we'll get into we'll get into why i don't like them so a lot of a lot of their relationship, in my opinion, is based on so many lies and so much misinformation, especially at the beginning. Um, mm. And a lot of Angel fans ignore it. Like, for example, Angel doesn't even tell Buffy that he's a vampire until they kiss. That's a lot. He should have mm. said it right off the bat when they first met. So that's kind of annoying. He's literally like, making out with her. It's like their first kiss um, in her room. And he immediately turns into a vampire because <laughs> he can't control his instincts and it's just like okay curse um and then second he has been stalking her um for a long time 
Yeah. Um, he followed her to Sunnydale after the whisper told him to keep an eye on her because they were like, there's, a, mm-hmm. there's this slayer. He starts falling for her after he's stalking her. And I'm pretty sure she's 15 years old at this point. And this is before yeah. she went to Sunnydale. And so like he sees her like blow up the, the school of vamps and then she um, gets transferred to Sunnydale. And it, it's just weird. It, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah, I don't and love the lurking. I don't love a lurker. I don't love a lurker. I don't like an old <laughs> lurker either, but we'll get into that in a second. So yeah, I feel like the relationship is just a little manipulative, a little, probably a lot, manipulated from the start. And then, mm. especially when he turns into Angelus after they sleep together, which is just like, woo! And then, yeah, I mean, we see a lot of Angel's backstory um, throughout the show, how Angel oh, came his to be. He started out as like... incredible Irish accent. Oh, yes, his Irish. I see, I'm killing it already. That Irish was just as good as his was, so. <laughs> I figured, yeah. Honestly, like, Liam was already a huge jerk. And then when he became a vamp, he was a, still a huge, huge jerk, an alcoholic jerk. Then after he's cursed with a soul, we kind of see, mm-hmm. we see him have a total kind of 180 change um, yeah. from yin to yang, basically, where he goes from, like, this total evil douche to this nice guy that's still yeah. kind of creepy. I'm not really going to get into this, but like I have to note that their relation, their age gap is pretty bizarre. She's 16 and he's 26, which is the age he was sired into becoming a vamp. But technically, if we're really going to get into the nitty gritty, he's actually 224. So wow. when he really says, like, I'm too old for you, he really meant it. He really meant it. He really meant it. And- yeah, <laughs> that's one where I'm like, part of me is like, whatever, this is the genre. Uh, this is the vampire genre. We just got to get it behind it. Yes. Um, but, We're getting you know, it behind those, it, right? Those power dynamics still exist, and they do exist. Yeah. Because there are scenes in which his age and experience do, he does use them to win arguments against her. Yeah. Or, just, or to like teach her in some yeah. way. So it does, it does play. You can't totally ignore it because it comes up. You know? Yeah. And I also just feel like there's such a, it's, it's weird. It's like, there's a weird difference between like, I always think Angel is so old compared to Buffy, which understandably so like she, I mean, cause she's in high school. She's literally like 16 years old in, in comparison to like Buffy and Spike. I always just thought Buffy and Spike were the same age, but also that has to do with like maturity levels and how she was in high school. And then she like grew up and you know, out of college yeah, then yeah, was yeah. With, with Spike. But yeah, I always just felt like Angel was just like kind of creepy old. Yeah. Like, it also might be like the literal lurking, like the literal lurking. Yeah, or maybe that he just like stalked her. I mean, there's so many yeah. clips where he's just like, like, oh, looking at her like going into high school and i'm just like, bushes yeah what dude <laughs> okay we're gonna take a quick break to talk about one of our partners for this episode support for talking ship is brought to you by just live a trusted source for high quality wellness cbd products created by athletes just for you i feel like There are so many CBD products out there right now, but what's cool about Just Live is that they have specific focuses. So there are actually six different flavors and functions of the gummies, including sleep, energy, focus, immunity, calm, and vitamin C. Uh, Imagine having any of those things during a global pandemic as we're all trying to figure out what the new world looks like. But I personally have trouble sleeping, so I love the sleep gummy. And they're vegan and they're low in sugar, 
And like I said, they were founded by athletes. So, you know, people who care about what's going in their body. Uh, Clay Thompson, Alex Morgan, Travis Pastrana, and Paul Rodriguez because they wanted to create a CBD product that they could trust and that they could stand behind. So if you need support with sleep or focus or energy or stress or your immune system, because we're all about to be kissing a bunch of people, I highly recommend giving these a try. And right now, if you buy one of the gummy products, you get the other free. So again, there are six different benefits to choose from. And instead of choosing one, visit justlive.com and use the code support to buy one and get one free. So you can focus on your immune system and your energy. So you'll be all ready for Shot Girl Summer. So buy one, get one free of the new gummies lined with the code support at justlive.com. That's buy one, get one free at justlive.com. Use code support. All right, and we'll get back into our Angel Buffy discussion, our Bangel discussion. I hate that ship name so much, Bangel. I know it's like the typical definition of their names together, but I always read it as bangle. And I just, I don't enjoy it. Okay, back to the conversation. Let's get into the core theme of today's episode is the person that it will never end well with. Ooh. And you know from the start that it will never end well with. And I think as we've spoken to a bit, there's a lot of probably ways to classify the Buffy-Angel relationship because the show is well-written and we know them for so many years over so many seasons but at its core season after season the one thing is consistent is that they are literal forbidden lovers and Mm -hmm. like this idea of like this can't end well but we can't help ourselves is a trope on tons of tv shows i think buffy and angel are the ultimate example of it and i think it does exist in our real lives um just hopefully not quite (laughs) as dramatically but let's just let's hope I think you have to go through it and part of me is like yeah she's 17 like she had to go through it and that's I mean that's why it's so well written because it's like you I mean in high school everything is melodrama but yeah I mean I I think like a 33 year old woman who knows her worth isn't is gonna be like (laughs) no I'm not gonna go yeah I'm gonna gonna steer clear of this one yeah I've been around but when you're 17 of course you fall for it when you're 17 it's just like so dramatic all the time yeah so let's first start by like defining this like dynamic of like the person mm-hmm. that we'll never undwell with, the person you cannot be with. We have this very literal dynamic. They can never be together because it could cause him to lose his soul and kill her and all her friends. Yay. Um, and for those who haven't watched in a while, the angel's curse is that he his store was restored by his soul was restored by gypsies, mm-hmm. but he could lose his soul again if he experiences one moment of true happiness. And of course, he's a man, so that moment is when they have sex and not when they, you know, the most experience emotional moment. intimacy. Yeah. <laughs> that is the pure happiness. It's not them, like, ice skating blissfully. It's not them, like, connecting emotionally. I mean, question, though, do sex. you think, like, I don't know, is that, like, the, the most biggest level of intimacy for, like, lovers? I mean, here's the thing. I don't, I don't know. I don't always think so, but she is 17. So, like, it was her first time. Right. You know and so I mean? maybe that was, so, like, the biggest thing for them. Yes. 
But the knows? definition is pure David... happiness. True, ha- true of happiness. Of true happiness. True. And he was like, and it's never you know, any other insider. moment except yeah. for them having sex. It's not any out. other moment that they have connected. <laughs> it's only when they have sex. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know that there's a direct real life connection to this, except that I think I think there are people who bring out the worst in you. So maybe you can make that argument. Fully. They're just living with the knowledge that he mm-hmm. could turn into Angelus again or turn into a vampire at any point. Yeah. I mean, he's never an uh, angel and jealous. He's never like he's never truly human ever. He's always. Mm-hmm. But when he turns into like his, you know, you know, the face, it's like, you know, yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> when he becomes evil like that and, um, which is his other form and jealous, it, it, it's crazy. I mean, it's two different, it's two different people, completely different, two different people. Yeah. And nobody really understands that except for Buffy, which is so bizarre. Um, mm-hmm. but it truly is two different personas. It's very unfortunate that that curse brings out his dark side <laughs> when he well, sleeps with Buffy. Yeah. And it's like, there's no, you know, and he brings this up when he like, and try breaks up with her before the prom where he was like what like this Which doesn't this doesn't have a timing. future yeah 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 um he's like what about if you want kids like what if you when you want to have sex like it, if they were to have those things it's just like never gonna work soul. yeah so it's like it's literally never gonna work and i that's the key dynamic is that like there is no future it is literally written into the show and oh, what i think is so sad is in that same episode where he finds the notebook where she's written Buffy and Angel forever on her notebook. Yeah. And then she, he has the vision of like marrying her and then she like burns in the sun. It's like mm-hmm. this, this can be great while it lasts, but like nobody Such is going to get the future they want yeah. in this relationship. Knowing that like, this is the key dynamic. There are different things we can learn from how they handle it and what they do well and what they fuck up. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about moments they do not deal with this dynamic well okay. at all. And I mean, mostly like, and yes, as you said, he is, he's a different person. When he, are, how are you saying it? Angelus? Angelus. A- Angelus. Angelus. When he's Angelus, he is the worst. Oh, he sucks. And, oh, he sucks. And you know what's the worst moment to me? It's not even when he kills Jenny. Well, Jenny when he makes Jessica, out with Faith. Calendars. Yeah, Jenny no, Calendar. No, to me, to me, it's when he um, it's right after they have sex for the first time, and he like makes oh, her feel a, insecure about the sex. Yeah, what a that jerk! That was horrible. God. That was horrible. And like, yes, he's a different person, but I also hate that. I don't know. I I don't think they ever really have a great moment where they recover from the fact that he did all of these things to her even though he wasn't in control of it. I don't know if they ever really fully addressed it and like recovered from the trauma of like, I no. did force you to go through this. No. And I never really liked yeah. that he, I'm sure, I know he felt guilty. I know he's like wrapped mm-hmm. with the guilt and yeah. there's that episode where he's being haunted by it. Like I get oh, that. Yeah. And I think that this happens, I'm sure, in the non-fictional world with people who have like had bad episodes or spirals or whatever, where they like cause their partner a lot of pain. And even if they have worked through it, I think the partner still has to deal with the emotional labor of like, I know you're different now and I know you've recovered, but you still did cause me that pain. Mm -hmm. And I think her navigating the forgiveness of that is not something that they totally fully dealt with or acknowledged. I I don't think, I don't think something like that really ever goes away. I mean, he was so awful, (laughs) so patronizing. I mean, he, he ripped her up. I mean, he did every Mm -hmm. possible thing that you could possibly do to hurt somebody he did that and i think yeah i think what you're saying 
people have a really hard time getting past the trauma that their partner may have put on them in the past and saying that they've changed and that never goes away. It's always like a, you know, like an ick, you know, like, ah, I I just remembered that you did this to me. That you did this to me. Yeah. When you were in this state, but still, but still traumatizing. Yeah. 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 And I don't think they ever, she ever really like fully deals with that. No, never. Um, And it's almost kind of just like, oh, well, (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well, I love you. Like, You're I back love you. Let's so make happy. out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but surprisingly, I'm surprised I had a, as much to say about this as I did. And maybe <laughs> it's just like I'm in this phase, this current, I don't mm-hmm. know what I'm going through in my real life. This hit hard to me. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I think, but that's the thing about watching TV shows is like we go back at different times and different themes hit harder. God, and yeah. for me, this hit really hard this time. So this is something I liked about their relationship and how they handled this concept of like we know this doesn't have a future she really does i think make a pretty conscious choice to own up to her feelings and to own her feelings despite them being illogical and i think we're told and taught by our friends or through popular advice we literally just had this conversation the other day Yes, we have this conversation. Mm-hmm. We have, we have this conversation a lot. With this conversation, <laughs> we're taught so much. Like, oh, that person doesn't deserve your time. Mm-hmm. That person doesn't deserve your feelings or your attention. So you should just stop and you should just drop them and like cut them out of your life. And that's that's impossible. I think a lot of the time, especially if you have like a big, beating, beautiful, barbed like Buffy does. And I think. What she says, I think it's in the prom episode where he tries to break up with her, where he's, she's like, I'm sorry, I didn't realize I had a choice in this, in loving him. She really owns that the heart wants what it wants. And she's like decided that what she wants is him. And yes, that is probably an 18 year old, like naive choice. But like owning your feelings for the moment is a really brave choice and a really beautiful choice. And like, while I don't think we should always probably ever end up with the person it can't possibly work out with, I kind of really appreciate that she celebrates and owns and embraces her love for him because while it was a really flawed romance, as we just spoke to, it was also a huge part of who she was. And to deny that, to deny that love story in her life would be a denying a huge part of herself and her growth and who she became and just because something can't last forever and a couple can't get a happily ever after doesn't mean it's not worth embracing and celebrating for what it was instead of shutting down those feelings yeah so i really do love that she chose to do that i do too Um, she's a badass like that and i think giles giles had something really good to say about that yeah, it's after um, it's when uh, Buffy and ooh, it's when Buffy and Angel um, had sex, and oh, okay. you know she's beating herself up about it, and she goes to Giles, mm-hmm. and he's like, "If it's guilt you're looking for, Buffy, I'm not your man. All you will get from me is my support and my respect." Oh yes, <laughs> our guy. That's all we're giving Buffy is our support and our respect. You know what? We need to be more like Giles. We we do. Are going through this, and that's the thing. It's like I feel like I've gone through this like just several times with just like different relationships. But you know those friends that you know you start you're like ah yeah like I went out with this person or I did this and they're like I don't support you at all. And it's just like Mm -hmm. let me figure it out, right? So love Giles for that. 
And like, yeah, don't let your friends get in situations that are like harmful, but sometimes like Sometimes you just gotta, you gotta figure gotta it out. Them, you just gotta, you figure, gotta let it them out. figure it out. And let them like embrace their feelings mm-hmm. and find a place to put their feelings, even if it's not putting their feelings in a ha- happily ever after place. And this may seem converse to the last point, but it's I it, it's actually not. <laughs> but I also love that they always make the right call to end the relationship when they need to because it's the right thing to do yeah. not to be like i love when she kills him i love when well, she he has to her. because the whole world's gonna but end if she doesn't the world <laughs> yes like the world and that to me is what makes this relationship not toxic because i think a relationship is like toxic when you're like i can't have you but i love you but i'm gonna have you anyway and like fuck the consequences and fuck the real world and like it's you and me against the world baby and you ignore the like safety of your partner and like i guess the fate of the universe but that might be just specific to the buffy world in order to like be with your person that to me is toxic but it what to me makes it not toxic is that is that they don't do that and he's able to prioritize her future over his love for her because he knows ultimately he can't give her everything that she wants and he cares enough about her to end it and to me that's truer love And I think the balance of these two moments of this can't possibly end well, so we need to call it when it starts hurting people or hurting each other, hurting one another. And we should celebrate the time that we do have. The balance to me of those two things is the prom moment when he shows up to her prom. Mm -hmm. Because like, yes, he's just ended their relationship to hope to give in the hopes of like giving her a future and a normal life. Yeah. But he also wants to be able to like give her this one beautiful, perfect memory and embrace the temporary but beautiful moments that they do get to share together. Yeah. And I and I think with all sorts of these like futureless but like electric and passionate relationships, that balance is crucial of like celebrating but also accepting when it needs to be over. Mm-hmm. And also I can't believe that the song that plays during that scene is Wild Horses. I will never <laughs> They always never have think exceptional music taste. Always. For like the most perfect moments. It's hard just because Angelus, I mean, I just really struggle with it. Because when he's Angelus, it's like he I mean he makes the decision to choose darkness over being with her and he opens up that portal and all that stuff. And so that's Honestly, as as a viewer, it's just really hard to watch because it's like, I don't want them to be together. Ew. But then you also want them to be together when he's not Angelus. So it's definitely, mm. it's tragic. It's very tragic. Mm-hmm. 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 Are we ready to talk about our nonfictional lives? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. So obviously it would be insane <laughs> to of us to be like, this kind of romance looks this intense in our oh. nonfictional lives. Mm-hmm. But... I also think it would be naive of us to think that there's not versions of this. Sometimes there are it feels definitely, that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's definitely people that are bad for us. Absolutely. There are definitely people, <laughs> as we lock eyes, that we go back to again and again and again, even though we shouldn't. Um, uh, Anna. <laughs> so, and that's why people have such strong opinions about this couple. So, Anna, have you ever had someone like this in your life or seen this dynamic in your life? And what's been your kind of experience on it sure put me in the hot seat okay buffy and angel's chemistry uh is electric and it's incredibly inevitable that they're going to be together at some point and i i have definitely felt that where i've I've met somebody and that chemistry is just so intense that like a whole room could see it and so like throughout their relationship buffy is definitely blindsided a lot with angel um yet they always keep coming back to each other 
And so I have experienced that um, where I have been hurt um, by someone so badly, but I still want them in my life in some way because I'll always feel a lot of love for them. Like that will never go away. And I think both of these two experienced several points in their relationship where they knew that they had to walk away, kind of like what we were talking about. And it took me a long time to walk away from my angel. So with Bubby and Angel, like they still love one another and, uh, but they're able to move on in their lives without each other romantically. And I think that's really moving and heartbreaking and mm-hmm. I've definitely been there. But of course, every time they see each other, they make out. And so like, they're definitely working yeah. on it and I'm definitely working on it as well. <laughs> that's, that's the hard thing about it is like getting yeah. to that friend, that friend stage. And I think Buffy and Angel were there, but then they weren't, then they were, you know, so it's just like, a, yeah. you know. But I don't think they could ever be in each other's lives on like on a, a daily basis. basis. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. With them, yeah. But they but I think it's like romantic that there's people walking around there in the world that you're like, I care about you very deeply. I can't have you in my day to day life because it would be too intense. But like, I will always care about you for sure in a very powerful way. And I think that that's kind of beautiful. Yeah. And it's very human. I mean, it's, it's vampires, but it's also human. It's like, that's the glorious <laughs> thing about this show is that it, you, can, yeah. you can apply anything that that has happened that showed to your life. I mean, like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. like, that's weird. Like, yeah, a monster and a, a person and, a you know, all of these, you know, it's, it's very mystical or whatever. But you can really say, yeah, something like that has definitely happened yeah. to me before <laughs> in, a, in a real right. sense. And it's sometimes... And sometimes it takes like really heightened allegory like this to make it really obvious to yeah. us. And I think so. So my I think so much of the Buffy Angel relationship is like, oh, we can't be together because of this one thing. This one thing being very big that he is a vampire. But I think we see this a lot in the nonfictional world of like, if this one thing was different, it's like if you weren't dealing and we talked about this in the before episode, but like if you're as long as you're dealing with addiction, can't have a romantic relationship with somebody if you're if you haven't worked through it so if you weren't dealing with that if you weren't living in a different state or country if we i had met you at a different time in your life if you weren't with this other person if that one thing was different then like we could make it work um and i think i while i don't really relate to like dealing with something that's you know, super heightened and passionate and it's like all passion or it's nothing. I do relate to the idea that if one thing was different, it would work. And I think that's why the I will remember you episode hit so hard because basically if you haven't seen an episode of Angel, he becomes human and they have like one beautiful day together where they do have a future and they do have sex. (laughs) And then he basically realizes like he can't protect her and that they can't protect the world without him being a vampire. So he reverses the curse to become a vampire again, but with the understanding that she loses the memory of this beautiful, perfect day. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want to lose the memory of having hope and having a future. I lost my mind sobbing over this episode. And then I was like, all right, Megan, like, why is this hitting you so hard? And I, yeah. think, and I think it's that of like, you, there are these people that you know you can't be with, but the hope that like, oh, if this was different, and maybe it will, maybe, maybe there is a chance that he can become a human. And maybe there is a chance that this person Squash can it. overcome this or move or whatever. <laughs> and that hope is really tantalizing. And there's moments where it feels like that hope is like fighting through the cracks and you see the glimmer of it. Yeah. But you know that you can never be together in the way that you want to. And that, and that sucks. And that, that hit real hard in that episode. Oh yeah. 
that that's on so many lists of like best hundred TV episodes of all time. Really? Yeah, I that believe that. Episode. I believe yeah. that. Um. All right. All right. Well. Mm-hmm. We'll be back to talk about this show more. <laughs> and we'll obviously be back to talk about Spike oh, yeah. and, and Willow and Tara and, and wrap it up. But for this moment, let's talk about, let's end the episode the way, the way that we always do, which is by asking, do you ship it? And by do you, do you ship it? I mean, like, really, like Buffy and Angel on the show. But then do you ship kind of this dynamic in our, in our real lives? Well, I'm sure you could probably already tell that I'm not a huge Buffy and Angel stan. Um, mm-hmm. I am very much Spike and Buffy. Um, so would I ship it? Hmm. Sounds like no. It can be no. <laughs> um, no, I don't think that I would for, for them. But yeah, do I ship this kind of dynamic in our real lives is, is another good question. I don't think so. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the electricity of it and the passion of it is like a beautiful thing, but I think it's very painful. I agree. And I think that like the electricity and the passion in our non-fictional lives like will fade. And Mm -hmm. then what you're left with is like just the pain. So maybe, maybe I do ship it for something that you just have to go through. You just have to experience in life, but not something that's like, Ooh, this is something that I really want long term. Right. The yeah, I think I think it's great. And with with all experiences, like I think it's great to like have the experience of somebody that sees you in the way that he sees her and like appreciates you in the way that he appreciates her and somebody that understands you in that way. And I think having that experience can be great and can be really transformative and maybe even can set you up for healthier long-term relationships. I agree with that. Teach you something as all relationships teach us. Um, but no, if someone was like, oh my God, he's my angel, <laughs> I would be like, that sounds that. not sustainable <laughs> at all. I mean, but I'll, I'll be Giles for you while you need me to be Giles for you. But then eventually you gotta, you gotta close the portal. Oh yeah. Eventually and not to, say, the portal. not to say that I ship Buffy and Spike either. I mean, that is one. Oh yeah. no, no. I don't know. It's all fucked up. So I don't even know. It's well, I'll be very curious to see if I can, if I it's can all be flipped fucked because up. right now I'm pretty strongly team, team angel. Wow. Team angel. Um, so we'll, it's we'll see. Up. We'll see yes. if, if, if I can, if I can turn it around until that time. Um, Anna, do you want to, share with everyone where they can find you um online um on the interwebs yes if you would like to search me i I, i'll give you my instagram it's um spooky girl smith that's it that's all i got better handle for this show (laughs) yeah and you'll be back for many for i'm sure other couples but definitely you'll stay in the buffy verse and we'll track we'll track our um our growth and how we relate to this show over time um, and everyone, if you want to follow the podcast, you can find us at Talking Ship Podcast. You can find me at only Megan815. Megan with no H. And let us know your Buffy the Vampire Slayer opinion. Would love to hear because them. I know there's there so are many. many. That's the thing about, about this there's verse, the, this Buffy verse, is that there's just yeah. so much. Right, right. Because there's no way we hit on every no. dynamic of their relationship. There's no way we hit on every moment. So share with us your favorite moments. Um, your thoughts, where you fall in the love triangle, and if it's changed over time, because I think when there's a show that's been with you for so many years, especially people who watched this so many years ago, you may relate to it differently over the years. So I would love to hear those takes too. And we'll be back next week with a new couple, Ooh. and we'll be back eventually to continue to talk about the Buffyverse. 
and uh, see you guys then. See you then. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.